Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It is Dr. Homebrew. We have another homebrew-filled episode here for you today on the Brewing Network. Joined with me, as always, as if we were joined at the hip, we have uh, Brian Cooper and Brian Shar. Welcome once again, fellas. Well, hello. I feel very welcome. <laughs> Good. All right, great. If we were joined at the hip, who would be in the middle? <laughs> well, uh, you, of course, Jake. Would it be me? On. The guy with the best mic would be in the middle. You think so? That's how it works? Damn. We've been tr- we've had mic envy for a while. We're, we're just now trying to up our game on Dr. Homebrew. We had a little experiment with it last time, and I was, I was like, popping, like popping my peas all over the mic. So now I've got the popper stopper and a... The popper stopper, baby. That's it. That's what it's At called. At this point, now, now that the pandemic's pretty, you know, winding down, we're finally doing this. <laughs> well, we're only a year after the start of lockdown, and we finally invested in some quality podcasting gear. That's right. Well, look, by all accounts, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to need it by the fall. <laughs> Just yeah. you know, mm. saying. Uh, and I was thinking about doing my own podcast. I've been talking to JP, and it wouldn't be about brewing and. You know, I don't know. Maybe I could. Uh, maybe you guys could be my guests for my, you know, exciting, uh, sure, whatever podcast. Yeah. yeah, it's called Get Sued, and it's all about taking <laughs> someone's unsolicited <laughs> advice and uh, you know using it for your benefit. Hmm. Says exactly. the guy who uh, started one called Ears Up with Disney-related uh, content. And Disney doesn't own the word ear. And True. he was not making Disney-related uh, ears to put on the hat ears. That's correct. They were they were customized to the user's own uh, wishes, but they were not Disney-themed. They could simply be placed on a Disney hat. That's correct. Yeah. Can you tell Brian worked on that? Uh, before we get to the homebrew, everybody, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and learn everything you need to to make good beer at home to improve your brewing this show is a lot about how can we make things better? How can I do this better? You know, what flavors do you get or whatever? A lot of the time, the stuff comes down to sanitation and cleanliness. These are the two big issues in any beer, in any brewery, home brewer, mead maker. doesn't matter. Winemaker. doesn't matter. Who cares? doesn't matter what you're doing or fermenting. Look, even if you're doing like hot sauce, you need to be clean. Everything needs to be clean. So you want whatever bugs you're fermenting, to be put in there by you and not just added in. So go to fivestarchemicals.com, learn about star sand, learn about PBW, learn about Sani Clean if you want, all these kinds of stuffs, and then ask your local homebrew shop if they don't carry them to do so, please. Also, send them an email. Send Five Star an email. Let them know that you're listening to the show and that you really appreciate it. And maybe you've been using Five Star all the time and you go, JP, I know, I get it. I literally just ordered 5 million pounds of this stuff. I get it. I don't need to be told anymore. Uh, thank them. Just shoot them an email. Thank them. Because they've been here since, Couldn't the, agree. since the beginning. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, today we are welcoming Colin back. Colin, what's going on, my dude? I'm glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate that very much. And we have, what do we have here in front of us? A, an ordinary bitter? Should be. Well. <laughs> this, is, this is not just any ordinary bitter. This is a rebrewed with re-brewed. Dr. Homebrew advice. Okay. Ordinary bitter. I will, I will uh, lay my cards out on the table. Um, you sent me the package, and they were in um, Ziploc bags, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's wrapped up, and then they were bubble wrapped and whatever in a trash bag. So there was no way this thing was going to leak. And if it was going to leak, well, hell, it'd be my problem. It wouldn't be <laughs> the delivery carrier of your choice. Uh, which is always fun. And what I didn't do is I didn't take them out of the Ziploc bags. So all of the labels molded over. <laughs> I did the same thing. Well, I, don't know that mold. I don't know that it's mold, but it, it looks, yeah, it looks like this. Yeah. yeah mine kind of came that way and I took mine out right away. So I don't think that was uh uh, I don't think that was a, an issue on receipt. Mine's literally mold. Like, and I'm like, oh, because so this one I'm guessing is the uh, ordinary bitter because I couldn't read yeah. any of the writing on it. 
and then There's I fuzz on here, and then I popped the top. I popped the top, and then underneath the cap, like uh, you know, not that, not underneath the cap, but right underneath the rim of the cap, you could see this line. I'm like, oh shit! So I like wipe it off or whatever. So, um, note to uh, to Cooper and Char: unpack your bottles. Don't be a lazy bell end like me, and put them in the fridge properly. I was lazy oh. like you, but yeah, they went. Right <laughs> I was not the lazy, fridge. but it happened to me too. I mean, I oh. my, my my labels I thought might have been like like funky extra contact paper with a pattern on it somehow because oh. it was kind of green and pink, and I thought, well, maybe it's some extra paper. Colin, Colin what are you just do- not being wasteful? He's what are you using doing, some Colin? Scrap paper. It was just yeah. a, like a, a three by five post or. <laughs> index cards or whatever. Sure. Look, everybody listening to the show, if there's if there's some weird new outbreak in <laughs> Livermore Martinez and Oakley, it's Colin. Yeah. Go after Colin, please. Good to know. Yeah. I think I washed my hands good enough. Anyway, um, what did we tell you to do with this beer, Colin? How did we tell you to rebrew this? What genius uh, ideas did we give you? So last time I used Golden Promise as the base and it kind of came out a little bit too light. There wasn't enough biscuity Mm. Englishy okay. character to it. Okay. All right. And so what did you do? How did you well, I guess we should taste it first and then tackle what you did. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh Shar, why don't you take your new uh your new setup for a spin and uh tell us all about Colin's uh rebrew, please. Well, thank you. I guess we can all hear my dulcet tones a little more dulcetier uh right now, which is uh probably good for everyone. Um, yep. Colin, Don't thank you for you. sharing your, your beer as a uh, as a hypochondriac, a uh, that is a repeat entrant in Doctor Homebrew, if unless I'm stealing Cooper's thunder with his uh, terminology. But I, uh, I didn't coin that. I did not coin that term. <laughs> it was just bandied about. We thought about repeat offenders, but really, we're like, you're, you're, if you're receiving you know healthcare from a doctor, you're not an offender. If you go back, you're just maybe a hypochondriac. Uh, bottle inspection. Uh, I like this beer a lot. First off, before I get to the, the bottle inspection, uh, it was great. High fill, uh, some yeast on the bottom indicated to me it was probably bottle conditioned. Uh, doesn't make any difference one way or another, but it's always just kind of interesting to see if you can see a little something at the bottom of the bottle. That's what we do for fun as beer judges, people at home. We look for things at the bottom of bottles. Uh, aroma, 8 out of 12. Aroma is low. It's kind of bread crusty and and caramel, not bread crusty like that thick uh, rye bread, you know, super dark bread you think of with like a Schwartz beer or something, but just like a good fresh bread. Uh, it was very inviting without being over the top. Uh, didn't get fruitiness immediately, and I was waiting for it to warm up. I do get like a low level of maybe a fermentation, uh, you know, yeast based fruitiness from this. Uh, no hop aroma, which is fine for an ordinary bitter. Again, 8 out of 10. Appearance, 3 out of 3. Uh, it's extremely clear. Uh, as a British style, one might say none more clear, uh, if we were to you know, be thinking of Spinal Tap. Uh, you guys were laughing, so I didn't have to explain that joke. Uh, but you did anyway, and anyway. I appreciate that about you, Brian. <laughs> it's I really just do. kind of my thing. You it know? really I'm, is. I'm the joke explainer. You, yeah, just because well, I want to be sure nobody's left out in case I'm just too obtuse. Look, man, you've been called a lot of things. But I don't know if joke <laughs> explainers, <clears throat> you know, okay. top level. Fair enough. Uh, color is a sort of a light copper-tinged gold. Uh, head is very low and not persistent. Again, for an ordinary bitter, that's totally fine. So three out of three. Uh, Flavor, first impression uh, I got was a low hot bitterness and a low malt flavor that was sort of caramel. I'm not going to try to say it's caramel malt, but I got a little caramel character out of that. Uh, Definitely got more uh, sort of malt flavor, malt complexity than I remember from the the, the previous one. Uh, Hot bitterness is low and it matches the palate. It's well attenuated. Uh, the hot bitterness maintains through a long finish, and it's balanced with the, uh, the malt. No hop flavor, but that's, that's all right for this style. 14 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, the uh, body is low, as is carbonation. Uh, no warming. It's creamy and easy to drink. In fact, it's uh, kind of maybe dangerously easy to drink uh, due to the low carbonation and just the, uh, the excellent flavor. No astringency. You know, I, I gave this five out of five for mouthfeel, but having said that, a little more carbonation uh, might be nice for this beer. 
Uh, I opened uh, both bottles uh, just to check for uh, for bottle var variation. Carbonation of both is low, and it's within spec for this style. This is a British style. It's not supposed to be, you know, some Belgian triple that's up to like three volumes or something. But I think maybe just a hint more carbonation might might improve this. Uh, overall impression seven for a total of, of 37. Uh, I made a note that it's a rebrew, so the pressure's on. Uh, is our advice going to be contradictory? Or are we going to taste different things? What's going to happen? Uh, you know, I really like the malt part of this. Uh, I think the malt, uh, the malt bill is tasty. And I think it's, it, it's right where you want an ordinary bitter to be, in, in, in my opinion, uh, or at least in, the, in the, the boundaries of where you want an ordinary bitter to be. Uh, I'd like maybe just a little more hop bitterness from the hop side. Uh, the malt is great. The style guidelines can be a little confusing for this one. Uh, I mean, this is not supposed to be an IPA, an American IPA. It's not supposed to be you know, extremely bitter. But the bitterness is supposed to be be prominent and be a, a sort of a, a prominent feature of this this style of beer. And I think maybe a little more. I, I think the hops, the bitterness was to me maybe more at a low or medium low, and they really should be up around like a medium. So maybe next time, up the hop, uh, the, the bittering hops a little. But otherwise, well done and cheerio, tip top. <laughs> wow! All right, Mister Poppins. Uh, okay, Where Cooper, go for it. <laughs> Let's go. Where did you score that one again? Oh, sorry. The total was 37. 37? Yeah. Okay. You told me that, but I wasn't sure what you said on the air. No, and I, I just realized I was just all blah, 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 tip top, cheerio, pip, pip, and did not maybe give an actual number. Okay. Listeners um, at home, I suppose, could be following along intently enough to tote that up for themselves, but you know, it's not really the point of the show. So, okay, no. cool. Ordinary bitter. Thank you for sending us in again. And uh, you shipped us a, a few different beers. So we'll be talking to you some more later on, on future shows here, but uh, uh, we're glad to receive beers from you. Um, this, this uh, ordinary bitter has a, a low clean malt aroma, faintly caramelly, toasty, a little bit of biscuit, very inviting, uh, medium low hop note, with kind of an earthy impression, you know, really light, medium, well, medium low to low. Uh, clean, medium apple pear esters, just kind of a little fruitiness that you would expect in an ale, but nothing overpowering. Um, not getting any any DMS or diacetyl. It's nice and clean um, in the aroma. And um, yeah, I gave it a let's say a 10 out of 12 for Roma, actually it was, it's right pretty much where it needs to be. Um, appearance wise, really nice, quite clear, deep golden color. Uh, not quite pale amber, just a little, a little bit light, I guess. Um, it's, you know, but, um, well, I think it just depends on what light you look at it in too. I think it's, it's more of a, a golden than an amber color to me. Uh, but like a deep gold, or pale, super pale amber kind of. I guess it's it's kind of yeah, it's on the borderline. If you go a little Man, darker, you, but you don't. You you hit it. You described you it. You don't need to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I was just helping you out there for a second. It looked like you were. It seemed like you were struggling for a word. I'm like, you got it. Golden amber is great. And uh, yeah, just a uh, a fine head of white bubbles. Um, so on the first sample I had last night, it had a fine head of white bubbles that per persisted for a fair amount of time, uh, mostly finer textured foam, um, and it very slowly kind of opened up to a, a you know a collar around the glass of fine bubbles. I've gotten to that point much more quickly on this sample, and I'll talk about that more later. But um, flavor-wise, has an, a delicate maltiness, uh, grainy, caramelly, light. I think I'm getting a little more. Um, toast and biscuit in this sample. The malt's coming across a little more um, strongly to me in this sample. The bitterness rises up to medium uh, to balance. Very clean English ale fermentation. Nice, nice job there. No complaints. The flavor hops again, kind of a low, faint earthiness, a little bit of floral. Yeah, malt and light bitterness in the aftertaste. The fruitiness is low. Low flavors overall is what I said too last night. So the one I had last night, it had a, I opened when I first, when I opened it, it had a nice hiss. And when I just opened this one, 
almost no hiss. So getting towards mouthfeel here, uh, but the one I had last night had more more carbonation. So um, and I think it was getting in the way and of, of some of the um, some of the flavors overall. It, it, the beer is a nice nice and clean and pleasant to drink. No DMS or diastol. Fairly dry finish. So mouthfeel wise. The sample I had last night, light body with medium carbonation, too high for the style, gives a stronger carbonic bite and uh, almost like a seltzery kind of impression. Seltzer water, um, been desired, no warmth, no astringency or creaminess. Um, this one is 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 back to low bitterness, or I'm sorry, low carbonation where it should be, and so a very obvious bottle variation to me. So I'm glad I'm tasting this one live on the show with you. And it's going to, the mouthfeel score score would come up from a three to a four or a five with that. It's just uh, pretty much where it needs to be there now. Um, so what I said was the beer is clean, but light overall, it just seemed light to me, um, even too light for an ordinary bitter because all I was tasting was that kind of, you know, when you drink a, a can of seltzer, you just get that, that kind of tangy, like almost metallic, like seltzery flavor. It's actually, I think it, it, it's an acid. It makes an acid in the, so it's an acidic flavor, but also especially the mouthfeel and, and it just explodes in your mouth a little more. And a light beer like this, I mean, there's a reason that ordinary bitter is, is low carbonation and, uh, you know, low ABV and low, a lot of, you know, real delicate beer. Um, if you just exploded it with carbonation, it would taste like a, you know, almost like a light lager or something instead, or like, you know, light ale, cream ale or something like with, with no character, you know, but, um, it's hard to get to hit that balance. Um, so yeah, it was just dr- too much CO2 driving it and making the, uh, for a low, you know, for such a low soft style it was just invading it. <laughs> so I said, you know, bump up the color and the Carolina's a bit, the bitterness just a touch higher too. I still agree with that. Could just, it's not, again, not IPA like Brian said, but I agree with that. Um, it's almost, it's a bitter. It should have just, you know, enough for it. I'm not feeling it as much here as I'd like, but uh, yeah, um, you know, you can go a little, a little richer on the color. It's on the light end for style. It's probably, it's probably in, it's probably light amber, pale amber, but uh, uh, not to belabor that too much, but uh, <laughs> you know, appearance is three points. Yeah. Um, it's really clean. It really is a very enjoyable uh, version of this beer. And a good recipe. Um, you know, the, the the maltiness is nice in it. I was going to say, sorry if we steered you wrong. I, I hope we didn't tell him to bump up his carbonation on it. That would just be wrong. <laughs> but uh, I took really good care of fermentation. And uh, I said, keep on trying. Don't listen to us at the end. But I, I gave it like a 34 last night. And I was just, uh, but now this one's more up 37, 38, where Brian's at, I think. Even possibly... A little better than that yeah a cup probably an extra couple points on flavor a couple extra points on mouthfeel so 38 at least maybe 39 i don't know yeah it's really nice i like it a lot but i'm 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 kind of going back and forth between what i tasted last night and what i'm tasting now and it's definitely a different animal and the carbonation is really the only difference i assume it was the same beer and not two different batches just the you, you said it was bottle conditioned colin it is not so that's self it's not beer okay so that's okay. surprising to me. I wonder if I got some secondary something in there, fermented a little bit or something. It was really noticeable hiss on the open. I, I, I wasn't imagining it. It was, you know, late at night after my kid went to bed, but it wasn't too late. I wasn't, uh, you know, six beers in or anything. I, I, I usually <laughs> no, you were pretty clean. And, yeah. You're only four beers in and they were just like Duval. You're right. I, um, so, I agree with you guys for the most part. I like, it i think it could maybe use a little bit more bitterness like a touch but otherwise i think it's a great beer i would give it a 42 maybe it's a little too sweet and maybe the bitterness will help with that um i think a dry hop in this would be rad too i think the flavors are there and i think it it, it could really carry some nice you know dry hop some whole leaf you know yeah whatever ekg or whatever um all right so what did you change colin uh, just change the base malt from Amer- uh, Golden Promise to Marisauter. The tip. That was it. The only difference. So the um, hops being low is kind of surprising to me, and I wonder if, if it's old, if that's had something to do with it. Because there's 
about three and a half ounces of hops in that beer for a three percent oh. ABV beer. What what kind of hops? Uh, Fuggle and East Kent Golding. Okay. They're yeah, I mean almost... those, those tend to be low alpha, but that's still a lot of hops for a beer like this, even if they're low alpha. Right. So it's about an ounce, well, uh, ounce and a half ish at uh, sixty minutes, uh, about an ounce at twenty minutes, and about an ounce at a minute or five minutes. Sorry. Yeah. Well. I, I I did have a pre beer last night before I judged the beers and it was it was like an American pale ale so um, that could be coloring my like uh, my hops palette is probably just blown to hell by now because I'm an IPA fan and you know see and yet another was... reason to stay away from IPAs we've had a right. lupulin threshold shift yeah I mean I I don't I think it's just the the sweetness kind of plays with the hops a little bit I wonder. The the um, what were your gravities? Were your gravities any different, Colin? Uh, no. So I mean, original gravity is thirty five. Final gravity is seven. Which, well, so this one's actually a little drier. So last last version was uh, thirty six and nine. Hmm. It is pretty dry. I don't think it detracted from it too much, but a little more sweetness might. Yeah, I don't know. More sweetness or less sweetness? Um, I it, it felt pretty dry pretty dry to me what do you think jp i think uh i think it has a little it depends if we're if we're talking if we're gonna bump up the the bitterness don't touch the sweetness but if the bitterness is probably fine i think it's a little i think it's a little too um perceived sweetness sure and that's where i think just a hint more carbonation not Mm -hmm. cranking this up i i totally understand what cooper is saying but i think just cranking up the carbonation just a touch would give you that carbonic bite that would kind of lift some of that sweetness off your palate. I know what it tastes like with more carbonic bite, and it wasn't, yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I think it was just a little bottle. <laughs> I don't mean a lot more, man. I just mean a little bit more. I, I yeah. struggled making this this kind of beer for a long time, and I could not figure out why I just never really tasted good. It was just kind of bland. And then I was like, I had always read about the carbonation being low, but never really took that too much consideration yeah. and then yeah. bumped it down to like one and a quarter volumes. I'm like, Oh, that's why I can't breathe this beer. <laughs> makes <laughs> all the difference in the world for this style. It's, it's crazy how much of a difference it makes. You were, you were putting in too much carbonation. Yeah. And it, that carbonic <laughs> just kills all the other yeah. flavors. Yeah. It's yeah, not car- impossible to, yeah, there was, there might've been something in the bottle the last uh, one I had. Cause like, I thought I got a very faint phenolic in it too. Okay. Like maybe something got a little loose in that bottle and, and just twisted it. But this is very good, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to agree more with JP. Ah, see? What, uh, <laughs> how warm is the beer? That makes a difference, too. Um, yeah, it probably it came out of the fridge when we a little bit before you uh, came on. The, so, yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I, th- I think mine's fine. good English ale serving temp. It's not super cold. You know, but yeah, it's, mine's been it's out not of body temperature for maybe an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you haven't snuggled up with it all night? No. No. Yeah, mine's probably a little cold. So uh, not getting much esters out of it is, is su- surprising to me. I agree with you. But like I use the ESB, the 1968, the, I think it's Fuller's East. At like uh, let it, I pitched at uh, 66 and then uh, let it rise at 68 and then finished at 72. And then I pitched uh, 0.85, so maybe a little bit in the normal range. But I, I can't – like when it's fermenting, you get a good bit, but then the esters just kind of go away. And I tend to have that issue quite a bit with beers. I don't know if I'm just being too conservative with my temperatures or what, but I, I struggle to get a lot of yeast character a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, a little a little more fruitiness might actually help this too, and I, that could be one, one way to go about it, just play with your fermentation a little bit more too. Um and like, yeah, I don't know if you're, 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 you're pitching a healthy amount and all that too. And I don't know if you're just being too kind to your yeast or it's just like, oh, <laughs> it's easy. I'm not stressed at yeah. all. Well, that was, that was sort of a question I was going to have where, where, you know, you don't want to stress the yeast because those aren't the flavors we want, but could he be over pitching and the, the fermentation so rapid that ester development doesn't have a chance to really happen is that a thing that could possibly happen yeah over pitching is tough because it's you know most home brewers have the opposite problem or a lot well lately yeah. a lot of them have been, have been doing really well with it but it, it, it's very like hard this, to over pitch as a home brewer but be, 
easier to overpitch on this one. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to overpitch, I, I totally agree. It's really difficult at a homebrew level, but if you're going to make you a 3% ABV, really light British style, this might be one where that could happen. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's worth whipping out that old Mr. Malty yeast calculator and <laughs> uh, trying that out and just see what see what uh, Mr. Malty says. Uh, what yeah. temp are you fermenting at, Colin? Uh, as far as pitch rate, I mean, I've, I've, you build my yeast starters based off of those calculators to get a very specific okay. pitch rate. Okay. Obviously, they're all estimates, so who knows? But right. uh, I pitched at uh, 66, and then once Krausen hit, hit 68, and then toward the end, bumped it up to 70. That should be enough. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I mean, you know, like Cooper saying, maybe just up at a couple degrees. Yeah, you know, so, um, maybe pitch right. at sixty-eight and then let it go to seventy or seventy-two or whatever. Right. Maybe seventy-four. Yeah, where we scored it before. I hope we didn't score it lower because I think it's probably <laughs> better. But maltiness. I think it's yeah. better. I like it. I like it better. But this is the fickle part about judging, right? You know, it's not linear. You can't you can't hold the last one up and say this is a shining example. Everything will be compared to this because it's just it's on a sliding scale. Yeah, your memory is never as good or as bad as you think it is. That's right. As far as remembering stuff you've eaten or drank in the past. That's right. Don't they say whenever you have a memory, it rewrites it, and so over time your memory gets better and better and better than it actually was. <laughs> I think that's yeah. that, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've heard that before. I remember hearing it somewhere. I don't know. Oh, but I think yeah, if, I, if I, I'm just if I redo my math from last night, I added you know a point on aroma, um, left appearance where it is. I would add a couple points on flavor, so that's three so far. A couple points on mouthfeel, that's five, and I'd probably add one more point on overall impression, which I had at a seven. I'd probably go eight there, so that's six more points from thirty-four would be forty. So, yeah. Wait, you it, didn't it's really good. You did math wrong last night. No, I'm just adding points where I would have. Oh, I see. Like it did tonight, last night. Got I it. would have landed there instead okay. of where I did. Okay, he's just fixing it on the fly, kind of like an ER doctor. Yeah, he's just making Colin feel good, and that's good. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not even. It's not fake or I anything. Know. It's just like that phenolic. <laughs> Brian, it was a little something in the aftertaste, along with the seltzery. And I distinctly remember that seltzery flavor, that seltzery bite and attack, and the and the sparkle of it just bothering me. Yeah. And then a little phenolic coming out late in the palate, and it's not happening on this one at all. So we're just giving, we're just harassing you, Coop. Don't worry about it. Uh, Colin, do, do you have anything else for the guys? Anything you want uh, to cover? Sulfate. Did you guys? So I ran about two hundred ppm sulfate, which is a lot. High. It's like my West Coast IPA is usually around about one fifty, so this is a good bit higher. And I. I I think I've done a 250, and I thought it was too much. But what do you guys think as far as sulfate character? You don't want to know what water, I think, because I don't know. The water's kind of out of the way. I'm not getting any big, okay. you know, um, like sulfate bite to it or anything. It's it's smooth, and I don't think I'd want too much more of that edginess in there. It might accent the hops a little bit, though. You know, it might give it that, like, slightly more Burtonized kind of effect and and be a little... Um, a little more kind of, you know, gnarly English little twist, you know, the, 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 yeah. But what do you think, Char? I mean, it's always a thing you can play with and it's, I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit more, I, I'd be very careful of going too high with that because you can easily over adjust your water, especially with a beer that's this light in body. Uh, I think you can easily turn this into a beer, taste like you're licking a rock, uh, by just over-adjusting your water. Having said that, yeah, maybe some sulfate would give you a little more Burton-type character. Uh, it might increase the perceived bitterness just a little bit. Uh, yeah, give, give it a shot next time. You know, I think your malt is right where it needs to be. Um, you know, probably you shouldn't mess around with your hops too much. I would maybe bump it up just a, just a little teeny bit. But maybe changing your you know, sulfate content to your water rather than messing with your hops might give both a little bit of additional perceived bitterness and a little bit more sort of, quote, British, unquote, character to this beer. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, that British character, like anytime Samuel Smith, anything like that, you pop it open. Oh, this is an English beer. I've yeah. yet to capture that in any English beer I've made. I don't know if it's, I'm just being, again, 
too nice to my yeast and not enough sulfate or, or what, but go, go gradual with it. Yeah. Go gradual. <laughs> I think the British took all that special stuff back after we kicked their asses in the war, uh, <laughs> given that 4th of July is coming up, you know, I had to, I, I love the UK. Don't get me wrong. British listeners. I love you, but you know, it's our 4th of July in like two days. So, you know, that's right. It's, it's understandable if you took your beer making stuff and went home. Yeah. Yeah. Suckers. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? We also have to talk to to, to Colin about his uh, experience. He was telling me about a, uh, a, a a competition he was involved with. Maybe I can let him tell the little story here. Yeah, so I actually got a best in show at the Colonial Cup in Charleston a couple months ago. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Congrats, Congratulations. Man. It was my first best of show, so I was pretty pumped. And awesome. it was actually the first competition I've actually gone to. So I, I think I should go to all of them now. So <laughs> yeah. Congrats. yeah, just retire champion, dude. That's it. You're done. Congrats on that. It was it wasn't a was it a beer we tasted or no? It was. So the Czech Dark Lager. Uh, it was a rebrewed version of that. But cool. So nice. did you put us down as co-brewers or I mean what? <laughs> no, I didn't. That's what needs to happen, guys. Every time you guys rebrew a beer and enter it because of our show, we are co-brewers. Okay. Especially if you get the best of show, yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially if you win a, a good medal like that. You're up on that stage. I'd like to thank Brian and Brian and JP. <laughs> and oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm also a kick-ass brewer, but that's beside the point. That's it. Uh, all right, Colin. That's it. That'll do it for you. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for sending that in. Good job. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Keep up the yeah, good, good work. All right. We're gonna take a break, everybody, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna be drinking more homebrew on Doctor Homebrew. Hang on, we'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Thanks for hanging around, everybody. We are Dr. Homebrew, and we are joined by Chris. Chris, welcome back, dude. Why are you doing? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. So you sent an American IPA. Appreciate that very much. <laughs> it's my favorite style. And, uh, and what's the history behind this beer? Is it uh, is your favorite style, I guess? I don't know. I like asking these dumb questions. Like No, um, I, I want to do something that was different okay. than what I normally do. Okay. Uh, I, you know, like for a first IPA. Okay. What do you normally brew? I, I do a lot of stouts, a lot of porters. That okay. You guys know about. Um, you know, we had his, uh, yeah, the salted caramel mocha coffee. Oh, that's right. Okay. Porter that we had. That was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty nice, yeah. tasty stuff there for okay. sure. All right. Yeah, that was so, real yeah. good. So you're switching it up here and doing the old American IPA. All right. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Uh, Brian Cooper. Why don't you go start us off, please, with this beer? All right. I'm going to crack this beer. So, yeah, I remember uh, 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 chatting with you on the last show, uh, well, two shows ago, I guess now, but uh, Chris is a repeat offender here, but he's he's not quite the repeat offender that our last guest was. Uh, I meant to make a bigger deal about that because Colin's been on the show quite a few times, and he's part of our hypochondriac series, so I just wanted to mention <laughs> that. Um, but I'm pouring the IPA. Here we go. All right. Aroma-wise, I'm getting a, a low, buttery, artificial popcorn flavoring like diacetyl up front. Uh, it's de detracting from the otherwise nice IPA-like aromas that are 
that are in there. Um, there is some light caramelly malt, which is nice, um, but it's coming across a little bit butterscotchy with that the addition of the diacetyl. Uh, medium high citrusy and resiny hop, no DMS or acetaldehyde. Um, a medium fruity ale esters kind of. Um, the appearance is uh, rich, deep amber, almost to coppery. Well, it's it's a it's rich amber, I guess. Uh, no obvious haze. There's a little bit of hop haze. Uh, nothing, nothing huge. Uh, a fine fed of head of clear. Uh, I'm sorry, smaller bubbles, uh, white in color, fades to a thin collar. A fine foam. Pretty soon after pouring, doesn't stick around too very well. But yeah. uh, the uh, the diacetyl artificial buttery flavor comes out on top again here. It's not super heavy. It's kind of medium low, but if you're sensitive to it, you'll pick it up right away. Um, some people can't taste it, but God bless them. I wish I, I almost wish I was one of those sometimes because this would probably taste really good without that. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's some nice medium malty caramelly uh, malt flavors in there. Um, citrusy resiny hop flavor. Um, good for the style. I'm kind of medium high level there. Uh, balance is uh, to the hops. You have to choose between malt and hops. Uh, you know, ale ferment is apparent but again that it's got a butterscotch like maltiness that sticks around in the aftertaste and um it finishes semi-dry i would say um only a touch of sweetness um and uh the bitterness is in there is is uh, medium high level it's kind of a classic ipa american ipa from the 90s kind of bitterness level which is perfectly fine uh mouthfeel wise it's a medium bodied medium low uh, carbon dioxide with some light alcohol warmth coming through uh, just a bit of that a um, little slickness from the diacetyl detracting uh, you know no astringency though and um, you know otherwise it's pretty good uh, no creaminess really to speak of um, overall it seems like a, a good IPA recipe uh, although a bit uh, toward the reddish end of things it, you know almost it was like co- coppery Look when I look at it in different lights, it's hard to see where it's at, but it's it's just kind of a red IPA territory almost, <laughs> coppery colored um, IPA. Um, most of the ones you get lately are even lighter almost than the style guidelines declare them to be. So uh, there's been some drift in the style over the years too, and I'm trying not to judge it against that shift that's been made. I I like a good classic West Coast IPA as well. But yeah, a pretty good beer. Really, the only real thing that's detracting from it is that that butteriness. So I'm looking at my score here. Am I being fair? Uh, maybe I was in a bad mood last night. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Chris. Yeah. I, I landed at like a 22, but I think I probably landed more like a... So looking at the scoring guy, I say like, okay, is it... 22 would be on the low end of good misses the mark on style and or minor flaws. I would say there's definitely, you know, some more than just minor flaws, but it's not really missing the mark on style. So it's kind of hard to put it on the super low end of that actually hits the style fairly well, other than that one defect. And it's, it is fairly minor. So maybe the midpoint of good, like 25 is a better place to be. I, I, I want to be fair here. So, but I, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. now it's hard for me to get, now that the anonymity, yeah, now the anonymity is gone from it. Now you see Chris. Now it's yeah. a whole different story. Look at this bully being shot down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, I was just offended by the butter, and it's. I, see, I don't get butter, it. I'm super sensitive okay. to it. I keep cutting you off. I apologize. I don't. I don't get any diacetyl at all. I mean, okay. I mean. I think I think what it is more than anything, I think it's there's a lot of crystal malt in here, and I think the hops and that crystal malt they can sometimes get that almost like candied orange like aromatics, and I think it's something that with like a with like a yeast ester that is like a sweet, more round maybe butter. But I don't I don't get I don't get diacetyl in, in, in this it's just it's butterscotchy to me so yeah i'll okay. we'll see what brian says okay thank you though i mean you're not wrong it's you know what it's more like um like caramel like like straight caramel like 
like caramel in the middle of a candy. Sometimes caramel can play that way a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so maybe that's, that's what I'm getting, but I'm, I'm so used to, and this is a good like topic for, for, for vocabularies, right? Because we're saying the same thing, maybe potentially, but I'm not thinking it as diacetyl because diacetyl, because I'm thinking of it now as like caramel candy. But this Which is coming from the guy who, who generally hates IPAs and wants them to yeah. be different in any way than they could be from the actual style as declared. And but I understand go. them. See, <laughs> there you go. I'm not denying it. not denying you that. Okay, Brian. To truly hate something, you must learn to understand it. <laughs> you know, go ahead, Char. Some continuing medical education, like a CME, mm. uh, as the doctor's homebrew for like off flavors. True, we should definitely do uh, that. Yeah, that'll be a, be a good CME. Uh, hi, Chris. Uh, thanks for sending in your beer. Uh, well, so uh, I ticked the bottle inspections, appropriate size uh, and fill. It was a little bit of a high fill, and I didn't get a hiss. And I thought that might be because of the high fill, but I just is very my all three of the bottles. And I thank you for sending three bottles. I opened them all up, thinking there might be some bottle variation, but all of them were extremely low, um, almost no carbonation. And I think to me, that's maybe uh, my, I landed on it just to skip ahead just for a moment. I landed on 25 also. Uh, and I think the lack of carbonation was a big part of that for me. Uh, aroma is medium malt, including some, uh, got some caramel aroma. I'll be interested later to hear if that was caramel malt or where that came from. Uh, got a medium uh, piney resiny hop aroma. I, what's interesting is all three of us kind of got some kind of off flavor I'm almost thinking it's more like DMS, like that pumpkin-y, like our friend Nicole Ernie described it to us a couple of years ago, where DMS often manifests like a pumpkin rind or a vegetal type of character. And I get a little bit of that more than diacetyl. Having said that, you know, I'm kind of a right in the middle of the road, top of the bell curve, diacetyl taster. I'm not a super taster, uh, but I'm not (laughs) blind to it either. Mm -hmm. It's got to be... I, some people, oh my God, there's a molecule of diacetyl in the next room and they have to run out of the house. Uh, and thank God I'm not, not one of those folks. Uh, uh, so Roma, I gave it a seven, uh, appearance, uh, two out of three, uh, colors, medium copper. I agree with Cooper. It's almost, uh, almost a red IPA color, which I liked, uh, it's crystal clear, uh, but there's almost no head, which for this style, I knocked off a point flavor. Uh, initial impression to me was sort of a floral and piney hop flavor. Uh, malt comes up to balance uh, uh, that flavor. There's a significant caramel character in mid palate, which to me, even though it's well attenuated, there were a few sips where I thought it was almost worthy, not in the sense that it was under attenuated. It's certainly not. I mean, this is this beer fermented out all the way, as far as I can tell. Uh, I don't have a hydrometer with me or know the OG, but I mean, it's, it doesn't seem to be a lot of residual sugar floating around. It's just that that character. And to me, that also plays into that lack of carbonation where some additional, some carbonation lifting that off your tongue, I think would have gotten, I think it's just that malt sitting on the tongue that kind of can come across a little worthy, even though it's a well-attenuated beer. Hmm. Uh, finish is long and balanced. I got just maybe a tiny hint of phenol, uh, and just like in the aroma, just maybe a little little bit of DMS. Uh, so ten out of twenty. Uh, mouthfeel. Uh, I, I dinged it pretty hard on mouthfeel because of the lack of carbonation and the knock-on effects that has on on flavor and aroma. Uh, so one out of five. Uh, overall impression: five out of ten for total score of twenty-five. You know, I think the basic concept of this beer is really good. I like the choice of hops. I think they work well together. Uh, I like the flavor. You know, I don't know if you call them the OG or the throwback or the whatever West Coast IPA. It it does take me back to, you know, 1995 uh, and drinking uh, IPA in 1995. Uh, But just something, and it's interesting that all three of us kind of identified it as something different, but I, I feel like something went wrong in fermentation, hmm. uh, probably pre-bottling. So if it took place after bottling, these would have been super high carbonated bottle bomb gushers. Uh, and I just, if, if I had to guess, I'd guess that something 
got into your fermenter and started, you know, eating something that it shouldn't have been eating and ended up resulting in some flavors that, that you didn't like and then, or that we didn't like so much. Uh, and then, you know, that might play into the lack of carbonation. And I'll be curious to hear if you, if you bottle carbonate or bottle uh, condition this or filled from a keg um, because the, uh, even with having some, some minor off flavor issues, I think if this had been carbonated, this would have been uh, probably eight points higher. I think you'd have been up over 30 had this had a, a normal, uh, good carbonation, but thank you for sharing. Awesome. All right, Chris. So I guess the big question is, what did you model this IPA after? Because it is very late '90s West Coast style. Is that what you're trying to do, or did you, or did you screw it up? <laughs> this uh, this recipe, yeah, uh, is the the name of it is um, it was from the the 2020 Big Brew, the second pick. It was the um, oh now I forget the name of it. Um, it was for it was it was done for COVID. Okay, okay. Well, hopefully against COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. Support COVID <laughs> yeah, <it> was, uh, <laughs> today. <laughs> it was okay. Cor- it was called quarantine. Quarantine. Okay. I was actually going to. I was. I was actually going to send. Have you know, like the 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 label was going to be the mask, and put them in the in the box. I thought it'd be funny. But <laughs> this is exact from let it. You know, letter to, letter to letter was the recipe from the AHA uh, 2020 Big Brew. That's cool. Right on, man. Right on. Is it supposed to be um, sort of that kind of throwback? Um, I, yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I, throwback. it's definitely that. It is definitely that. You got that big crystal malt. You want to go through your recipe real fast? Yeah, sure. Okay. It, it, yeah, so dark the recipe is uh, 10 pounds of brewer's malt, which is uh, from Great Western, uh, four pounds of regular two-row from Brees, uh, one pound of Munich malt, 12 ounces of Crystal 40, so there's the crystal, wow. and then everything else is hops. Um, in how many this gallons? A, uh, this was a uh, five and a half, uh, six gallon. 12 ounces of okay. Crystal 40? I'm looking at the recipe. It says uh, the recipe calls for eight ounces crystal forty in the big recipe. So you bumped it up because you like crystal, did you? You made a mistake. You doubled it. It says ten pounds, ten pounds base malt, one pound Munich, and eight ounce crystal, which is a that's a good classic recipe. You know, malt bill for a classic IPA. I had had to I had to um, had to bring bring it up a little bit because. Oh, uh, okay. for some reason my brew house efficiency was low, so okay. I scaled uh, it up so the twelve ounces was. I should have left that where it was. Yeah, I th- when you're when you're making efficiency adjustments, you you might want to mostly bump up the you know the base malt and not go too crazy on the specialty malt, or it's going to change the. You know, yeah. you're still getting all that color and all that. Yeah, and the so flavor. that that's why that's why we're turning into a red IPA instead of a an American. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so then on the hops, uh, the uh, uh, one ounce of Columbus at 60, uh, one ounce of Centennial at 20 minutes, uh, one ounce of Cascade at 10 minutes, a half an ounce of Centennial at 10 minutes, and then one ounce of Cascade at, at zero. And then dry hop with two ounces of Centennial and one ounce of Columbus. It said three days before, uh, uh, three days into the fermentation. Hmm. So that might've been, that might've been a mistake as well. Yeah. That's, that's always a, a choice you have to make is when to add the dry hop and, you know, how long to leave it in. I think that that calls for a calls for a five day dry hop. You know, a lot of people wait till their, their fermentation is, is complete. And some people are afraid of, you know, adding oxidation or having it just sit too long or something and, yeah. and, and go earlier. And it, the, the active fermentation can kind of scrub out some of those hop flavors. So if, if you're going to do that, you should probably bump it up by, you know, 30% or something just to okay. uh, account for that effect. And then of course the, uh, 
Uh, the yeast was the American uh, West Coast uh, BRY 97. Who makes that? BRY, what is that? Wallamond. Yeah. Okay. What did you hit for gravity on it? Gravity was uh, uh, 1.056 for the original, and my final was uh, 10. Okay. That's not bad. Could go a little drier, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there was also some problems as well. Um, What happened? My... Uh, by transferring from fermenter to keg, uh, there was a clog. I had to disassemble the keg, drain it back out to another keg, Ooh. and it kept the sediment and the hot material kept uh, messed up the posts. So I had to tear the uh, tear the post out at least twice. So there's a lot, yeah. a lot of possibility of oxidation. Yeah. Uh, these were these were not bottle condition. They were uh, from the keg. Okay. So yeah, it's strange that carbonations on some, but not on others. Yeah. It's not just the oxidation. I mean, every, every transfer gives you an opportunity to pick up more bacteria right. or wild yeast or something else. And I suspect some combination of that. And I, I appreciate you trying your best to salvage that. And we've all been there where we've had something go wrong you don't want to lose the batch or you don't want to lose the three quarters of the batch or whatever. And then yeah. everything you do to save it ends up kind of hurting it in the long run. It's happened to all of us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, plus what you're, what you're drinking is uh, almost six months old. Okay. Yeah. I'm betting it was a lot better earlier on too. The, the recipe is really, it's, it's not bad. It's, you know, it's got a lot of good hop aromas in there that, you, you know, for me, I have to dig behind the butter because I'm pretty sensitive to that. So that's part of the problem. Maybe not as sensitive as Doc, but, you know, <laughs> you know judge with that guy, he'd get like the diacetyl in the next room thing JP was talking mm-hmm, about. But, yeah, that's true. I can get it a fairly low threshold, but it's, you know, yeah, it just, it, with IPAs, it just gets in the way of the hops and, and twists the malt, especially with a maltier IPA for me. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't agree with Brian on dias, uh, I'm sorry, acid aldehyde. I'm not tasting any pumpkin skin here or green apple, but I, I, I don't agree with that, but you know, um, you're welcome to that. I, I do agree, agree more with JP on the, the malt, uh, the caramel malt, which can sometimes give a diacetyl like impression or uh, butterscotch-like impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. I, it sounded like you made some adjustments from the recipe to deal with your system and your efficiency came out a little lower than it was supposed to be here anyway. It said it was supposed to target 1060. We're, you're a few, few points lower only. So you came up, you know, a fair amount on all your, your malt ingredients, especially that, you know, adding 50% more crystal 40. That That's just where it push it into red IPA territory. Yeah. If you, you want to go for red IPA, cool. You know, it's actually, it would, it would probably score a few points higher as a red IPA in my mm-hmm. book too. Um, you know, maybe, maybe high twenties or, you know, low, low thirties at that point, but it's just, it's, it's super rich with all that, that carameliness in there and, and the, the buttery quality, wherever it's coming from, for me, it just, yeah, it's, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine. I, you get a nice open, a nice fresh IPA, and you get butter hops. Like, eh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, Chris, do you have any other questions for the guys? Uh, no, I mean, you know, that was the first time I I did an IPA, and I wanted to get some feedback. Um, I knew that I had some problems, and I'm just not good enough to uh, hide the problems again. <laughs> well, keep uh, brewing IPAs, and yeah, yeah. send them to JP every yeah. Tuesday when you make a new one. Sure, do that. He, yeah, everyone would hey, love Chris, that. you know what I forgot to ask you at the very beginning, and it's kind of my thing, too. I, I can't believe I forgot. Are you in a homebrew club? No, I'm not. All right, there that's, you go. The old lone wolf, just, Brian. That, that you're, you're the lone wolf. You're going right. to be on a watch list, and that's okay. Yeah. Just keep brewing. That's yeah. a good watch list. Yeah. Yep. Did you say that uh, you, you put it in uh, NHC or this beer or some other beers? Uh, yeah. Um, that went into NHC. The porter went into NHC. Of course, that one went into the wrong category. I should have went into specialty, but it went to the uh, the English Porter. Uh, but uh, I got pretty decent write-up on both of them, especially the Porter. The judges were saying, well, it would probably would have been better, and the specialty would have 
you know. Yeah. I mean, there's only 50 entrants in the special. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. I really liked that beer. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris. Well, we'll let you split, man. I appreciate it. Come on. Come on again anytime, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dial in that IPA. I like IPAs. Absolutely. Send more of those English beers. Yeah, I'm doing a, um, uh, I'm redoing that, that quarter. I'm doing a stout. I'm doing a, um, a triple, uh, a brown ale. I'm going to end up sending them all to you. I'm going to try to take uh, the, the most offender spot. Um, <laughs> some of it's just like what works well for your water. It might just be that dark beers and English beers work well for the water you have there. And we didn't really talk about your water, but, you know. I don't, um, I don't do anything with water chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, neither do I, man. It's annoying. Fuck it. Yeah, brew what works for your water. If, that, if you like that <laughs> that kind of uh, strategy, that's cool. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. We're going to take a Bye. quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap things up here on Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com. the examination and thanks for sticking around everybody we're about to wrap things up here on dr homebrew i did want to talk about this show we need beers so if you want to enter your beers if you want to get quality quality feedback by me personally and then substandard feedback from these other two guys um email brian at the brewing network.com right brian and brian brian with We'll get right back to you. Everybody knows it's Brian with an I. Nobody spells Brian with a Y. Yeah, that's crazy talk. Uh, It's crazy talk. With a Y. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell that to to Brian Cranston, okay? I will. Get him on the fucking phone. (laughs) (laughs) I have to make sure. I think he spells spells his with a Y. You know, I wonder if you you just like... Breaking Bad, when he's making meth in that facility under like the uh, car wash in Albuquerque, and he's all that stainless, all I could think of was... That is that brewing equipment? I mean, I bet you could make better beer on there than whatever that you know nonsense he was. Trying well, he to was make. making high quality meth, so I don't think. Is there that, such a thing? <laughs> I mean, that was the show was about, so I imagine so. I don't know. I guess that's true. It, the the mountains turned blue on his crystal meth, and sure, yeah, they sure did. <laughs> Uh, All right, boys, we are going to get out of here. If you're listening live, go ahead and stay tuned. We're about to, uh, you know, probably take a five-minute break or something and then jump right back into another show. Uh, We have a whole bunch of other stuff going on on on, uh, the rest of the channels. I just released the uh, session uh, today, as a matter of fact, with Buck Wild Brewing, which is California's only 100% gluten-free brewery. And by gluten-free, they mean even the food and the tap room. Uh, the guest taps are are gluten free, and uh, they're just they're doing some some crazy stuff. And I know what you're thinking: oh, gluten free beer never tastes like beer. This stuff actually has body, and actually tastes like beer. So uh, check it out. It's a it was a good session. Sully co-hosted with me, and uh, I had a lot of fun. So uh, check that out, and uh, you know, of course, all of our other shows. But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, until next time, everybody. Thanks a lot. We'll be uh, back here, like I said, in about five minutes with a new show, Dr. Homebrew. And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys later. Stay safe. And uh, I know uh, you're tired of hearing about it, but uh, look, man, mask up. Okay? Thank you.